Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 44. 44? 44. So, Whoa. 44 was the bus I caught when I was a kid. And oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Go with me here. So, <clears throat> so I used to catch the bus when I was a kid. Just track with me here, Mike. All right. All right. All right. So, when I was a kid, I used to catch the bus home. Isn't that weird that, like, I used not the school bus, like, I would just go catch the bus. Like in the city. And if I didn't catch this bus, it would cost me an extra 15 minutes to get home because I would have to walk. And I lived in San Francisco, so it meant I would have to walk all the big hills because my house mm. was on a hill. But if I caught this bus, it just took me right like a block away from my house and I just had to walk up one hill. So this bus saved me time. And time is money. And Well, yeah, but at that time it, it wasn't money. But... It was a shortcut to be able to spend more time at home with to do the things I want. Just like hustling. Yeah. So to track with that, this podcast is a shortcut to get that success at garage sales instead of doing it by trial and error. I like that. I like Does that, that work? It, that works. And you know, I, I have a feeling like this this will be an interesting episode for us because this is this is kind of like our garage sales special episode. So um I feel like we may get a bunch of new listeners who 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 come in just to check out, like, okay, what is this garage selling thing? And if that's the case, uh, they're going to be very interested in your story, how we started that. So maybe it's important to say, like, how we do this podcast here. So okay, uh, every uh, you feel you need to get background as to the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So so the way this works is we we have a, a podcast that once uh once. Every other week is like a longer podcast that we do that has kind of some updates, some things that we're doing. Uh, we give some updates just in the reselling world, what's going on, and then um, our own hustles of the week and things we're doing. And then we have a themed episode the next week, and you kind of have this running deal going where you like to well, have- Well, I try. Yeah, where, where each episode number has something significant. And that's been up and down, but uh, here we go. The bus, 44. But I'm excited for this episode because it's our garage sale episode, yeah, and there's- Nothing I love more about reselling than garage sales. I agree. And there's no greater ROI, as as far as I know, in reselling, whether it be Amazon, whether it be, you know, Mercari, Poshmark, eBay, than what you can get at a garage sale. Yep, garage sales. It's, it's, it, it may not always be the bread and butter, but it is definitely the places where you're going to get the best treasure. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a win all around. Yep. I mean, you have those dry, you know, weeks, but... Overall, it's good. Now, it's good. I do want to say, I don't know, is it okay if I talk about this, that we also have some garage sale videos, yep. right? And so they're going to, this is going to be us talking about it. And then the videos are going to be kind of like more direct, like, hey, this is how you can win at a garage sale. Yeah. And, and we've got a lot of, of what we're planning on doing with those videos, but we want them to be very practical. Like this, we're going to be talking about kind of all of the elements of garage selling, then we're going to have broken up into specific. Um, what does it look like when you actually go and talk to somebody and negotiate? What What are you looking for in items? How do you store the items? How do you hold them when you're, you know, still trying to look at new things? What like, do you do after you get the items? Yeah, all that we want to give you 100% all the practical stuff that that we've learned through um, just the time reselling, and uh, so this will kind of just be like a general talking about it, which I'm really excited about uh, because. Garage sales are definitely my first love in reselling, and and it has not changed. It hasn't changed for me either. I got to tell you, there's, I don't know. I I will say I'm not a fan of getting up in the morning. 
But yeah. once you get that first score, all the lack of sleep goes away. It's true. Right now, when you get home, you probably crash. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I crash. That, that definitely happens. I, I don't have so much problem getting up. It's I have to get used to the fact that I'm giving up Saturdays, right? Saturday mornings used to be the time where that was just at home time. Now it's like, okay, got to get out there. But it's so worth it, and it frees up frees up time during the week. If I've got a good weekend of garage, going to garage sales, I don't feel the pressure like I have to be in every thrift store every single day. 100%. Right? I, and actually talking about that, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think theoretically – if you play garage sales right, I think you could go full-time on garage sales. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you I, can. Theoretically. I haven't seen it yet. I've been full-time, but I haven't done just garage sales. Yeah, I, I think I think there's more. It's going to be more feast or famine, but there's definitely going to be times of feast. So yeah. if you play your cards right, it'll it could work out. I agree. So now, again, I said theoretically. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, what what Orlando said is quit your job and just go to garage sales. No, I will never say that. I will never say that. All right. So, hey, so tell me, you know, how, so you just started, you know, you've been reselling for a little bit, but how has the planning, has it changed? Like, what are some new things you're doing now, Mike, as you plan for garage sales? Well, I mean, I'll just go back to the beginning. So if you go back to some of our earlier episodes, we talked about a lot about the very first few garage sales, specifically the first one that I went to with you. And um, that kind of set me up. So the very first one that I went with you, you had already planned out the route and we went to a big community sale, which was great because I got to kind of see what it looks like to um, crazily park your car in the middle of the street, jump out, run around and look, and jump back care. in your car, like basically keep it running. Like it was, it was intense. And I got to see like house after house after house. And and even like the strategy of how many do you walk to before you go back to your car and move your car? Like there was a lot involved with that, but, um, but I didn't have to do any planning for that. Right. So before that, when I'd go to garage sales, it literally was just, I would drive around my neighborhood and look for signs. Okay. Like that was the extent that that was it. That was what I did. And, um, I only did that once or twice before we went on our, our, you know, ride along garage sale. And, uh, then I kind of, I, I think I even asked you like, well, how do you find these? And I believe you told me Craigslist. Cause that was what, that was the first way I was introduced to looking up garage sales was Craigslist. So I'll give you our perspective. There's various ways, right? So there's, you know, if you want to look for estate sales, there's estate sales.net. There's also gslar.net. I think that's what it is where that also gives you garage sales, right? So it's just another, oh, it's gslar.com. Oh, no, it's not even existing anymore. Well, it used to exist. Never mind, scratch that. Should we edit that from the podcast? We probably won't edit because we keep it organic. But, yeah. but I don't believe in editing. You don't believe in editing ever? No, Actually, just be perfect the first time. There you go. Okay, but that's interesting. So that used to be a website that existed. and Oh, no, it's still there. So it's gsalr.com. That, again, that's gsalr.com. So I haven't used that in a while. There's also estatesales.net. Uh, There's estatesales, you know, so you just got to Google. So those are just the preliminary, like, you know, tools. I like estatesales.net for estate sales because what people do is on that one, they actually, like, post a location, and there's people that put pictures of all the items at the estate sales. So that's... Nice. More direct, but I will tell you, I don't go directly to those first, right? Mm. I do what you do, right? You go to Craigslist first? Yeah, I go to Craigslist, and um, actually, I didn't even know about the Craigslist map feature for a while, so I was literally just using the, like, 
the the sidebar thumbnail okay. look, right? And so I would type in garage sales. And what I looked for, because the very first big garage sale that I did was with you, was a community sale. I always, 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 right before the weekend, community sale. I just type in community sale or, you know, something to that effect, mm-hmm. those, you know, different synonyms for that. And I look to see if there's any in close by, nearby. And I tell you, sometimes it pans out. Sometimes I find community sales that I drive very far to, and it's just two houses and it's a bummer. But because of that big find, because sometimes on a map, it you might only see like one or two little, like, like you know, the little markers to tell you where something right. is. But if it's a community sale, that might be 30 or 40 houses in that community doing it. So 100%. I love to look up community sales first on Craigslist. And then I use the Craigslist map just to kind of get a general idea of like how many garage sales are around me. All right. So I'll take it a little bit further. So some of you use yard sale treasure map and I still use yard sale treasure map. Like you can plan your route. Yep. The problem I find with yard sale treasure map is it doesn't have everything on there. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes there's stuff missing and I don't know why. Maybe I'm off, but I find that like when I've tried to do searches, like I'll go on Craigslist and I'll find Sometimes I'll find more, even though they're connected, right? But sometimes it's just different. I, I can't explain. Or estatesales.net might have something that's not on your sale treasure map. So I would say use all the resources available to you. But the way I do it, and again, there's multiple ways to approach this. But I go to Craigslist like you. I go to garage sale. And I do. I pick on the day that I'm going to go. So sometimes if I go on a Friday, I'll click on Friday. But generally it's Saturday. I will type in community like you do. And the other word I'll type in after I do that search is neighborhood, mm. right? Because they're they're both words that are interchangeable. Right. Then after I find both of those, right, I you know, like you 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 I check and see. And you got to be careful about the wording. Do you know what I mean about the wording? Yeah. yeah. All right. Explain that a little bit. Well, what like, are you well, saying with it? Like when they say like hundred homes. Oh right. Yeah. Sometimes they're saying that that's how many homes are in the community. Like this is a hundred home community. Maybe there's only three participating houses. Correct. So you got to be careful because I, I've done what you've done. Like like 500 home community. I'm like, sweet, 500 garage sales. And you go and it's like four, yeah. right? The other thing I do is I, I go next level and I, you guys might disagree with this. I go, you know, on Craigslist, you can click on the address, right? And I do this earlier in the night. I do this around seven when I'm looking for neighborhood or community. And then when I look, want to look for more, I look around 10 o'clock one more time. The reason being is sometimes the addresses are wrong on there. Mm. Like you'll click on that link and it doesn't take you anywhere. And so like, I, for instance, I had an estate sale. Remember the estate sale where I bought like those Bose speakers? I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I think I think I remember. Like that estate sale, like the address didn't work. Mm. And they had a like contact us, but by the time I contacted them, they never got back to me. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes... You got to be careful too, because when you plan out your route, especially on something like um, the the treasure map, right? The yard yard sale yeah, treasure map. Correct. Occasionally, it's like cross streets, right? And it'll put the dot somewhere. And so when you go and you put in your route, and it automatically gives it to like Google Maps. It might take you somewhere that's not where the actual address is. I can't tell you how many times I know, where I like I'm, it's like you've arrived, and I'm like looking around, and there's nothing. And then I actually have to like, oh, there's an address in the listing itself, and you put in the address. And the address is so far away. It could be like three or four blocks away or further from where I, you know, ended up going. So, yeah, you got you to gotta be careful with that. And I, I'll get major FOMO when those happen. The, oh, yeah. Like, what am I missing out? Where is right? it? Where is, where is it? it? Oh, it's the worst. So I'll take it one step further. I'll click on the address link on Craigslist. 
and then it'll take me to the map. Then you can change the map. You know, you know what I mean? Like you could take it to like the 3D map. Right. And then when I change the 3D map, I'll actually like take a stroll through the neighborhood. Like full on Google Maps, like full- check out what the houses look like. Yeah, because that sometimes will tell me like, is it worth going to? Because what, ha- you know, and I don't know, you might disagree, but I am not a fan, even, you know, of apartments or condo community sales. Yeah. Do you like those? No, that's true. They're they're typically terrible. <laughs> that's so harsh. So what I'll do is I'll take the stroll, right? And if it shows that, I'm careful because sometimes they'll say community or neighborhood garage. No offense. Mike and I live in condos, yep. right? Yep, okay, we so, do. We're, so we're good. San Diego, like, we pay the price of a house for a condo. Yeah, a price of a mansion for true, true. a little condo. True, true, true. Well, it's not, my, it's not that little, but... We could be living like kings somewhere else. Anywhere else almost. Anywhere else, pretty much. (laughs) Okay, so I'll do that 3D map, and I'll go, and I'll look. And if it's like a nice, you know, looking neighborhood, chances are it'll be worth it for me to go there. Now, I have gone to other neighborhoods that don't look as nice, and you still score. Yeah. Right? It's not. Some houses are, like, house rich, Mm. and they have nothing else. Like, everything on their garage sale, like, driveway is, like, Walmart and Target stuff. Right. Right. Or some you'll go and it's like really nice stuff. Yeah. I, I think that's something interesting, too, is it's probably every area is going to be a little different. So you've got kind of got to figure out your area. Um, but but I think I think you will find the patterns. Uh, what one of the patterns I've discovered is, yeah, the, the houses, the wealthier neighborhoods tend to be a little better for garage sales, I find, not just because they have better stuff, but I feel like they, they're not as concerned about how much they're selling their items for. A lot of times it's just like, just want to get rid of it. Yeah, 100%. You know? Whereas if you go to an area where it may not be as affluent, you, you get there and people are... They want every dollar. Yeah, they, they want they want the money that their items are worth, which you understand. And so um, you can only you can only haggle so much. That's a big part of what we're doing at Garage Sales. So, so knowing, I think that's a good idea to, if you have the time to kind of know the neighborhoods. And after you do it long enough in your area, you'll, you'll, you'll start to know like, okay, this area is going to be like this. And it's weird, but I'm a big fan <clears throat> when I scroll out to like that 3D view. If it looks like a subdivision, I'm more likely to go there. Oh, the mic's off a little bit. I'm good now. So the reason I say that, if it looks like a subdivision, generally, I don't know what it is, but it, the HOAs push it more. So that's True. A, another thing. If you find one that's run by an HOA, you have better chances. If you have one run by a realtor, you have better chances. Right. You just have one that's just like kind of hodgepodge. You know, it. It. You know, you you know, you don't know what you're gonna get. Yep. So, so that's kind of I don't know. That was pretty detailed, but. That's the way we look now. What's the next step? Like once you find where you want to go. Well, uh, just to add. Wait, add, we still got a little more. Go ahead, Ed. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to add. Okay, go ahead. Well, you asked me to add. I know because there's more. I just forgot something I wanted to mention. Oh, go for it. Okay. Do you do keyword searches for items? No. Okay. No. So what I do when I look at garage shows, there's certain niches I like picking up. Like I'll type in Harley or I'll type in Legos. Hmm. And then that'll determine where I start. Do you find that, that that might bring more competition, though, to those houses? I do. I do. But I will tell you, and I'm just throwing random numbers out there, 80% of the time, if I'm there early enough, I end up scoring. And even if I'm later, I still might score. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
Nice. So that I base my whole route on that first location. And usually that first location is based on a keyword search for something I'm looking for. I mean, that's good. I mean, I, I don't ever search keywords. I guess I should. I often, when I see certain keywords on, on listings, um, I, I make a, a point to say like, oh, I want to go there. And I mentioned on a previous podcast, one of my best hustles of the week was a, a bunch of, they were Lord of the Rings miniatures for a Lord of the Rings game uh, by Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. And the listing for the garage sale said like Dungeons and Dragons miniatures. And I was like, oh, I've got to be there. And by the time I got there, they were almost all gone except for these Lord of the Rings ones. And I, it was a huge score. Like I, nice. I, I made like I 60 that. bucks on each one of them and I picked up like four boxes. So, I, and there's been other things like that where I've been able to to, to see the keywords. Um, I, I guess I've never really thought of searching certain ones. I guess it would be good to have um, like a, a running document of ones to check. No, so that's what I do. So what I do is when I... When I when I start searching and I find the garage sales I want to go to, I put together a form. And on that form, I put what each like like kind of like mnemonic devices. And <laughs> we're getting super technical here about like what each garage sale has, right? Hmm. So for instance, like I have one that says new sporting goods. One says it's two houses. One says motorcycle stuff. One says could be decent. So that one, I'm kind of like, if I run out of time, I'll, I might skip it. Skip it. it. Huh. That's right. Nice. Or I put stereo equipment. I put a state sale. The last one was a Best Buy that was closing that I talked about, you know, last podcast. Mm. And so I knew that that was the last one I wanted to go to because I don't know so well. So I will tell you, I succeed. So I'll give you an example. There was one that said new toys. And I'm like, wow, that would be awesome for Q4. So, and they said, you know, they had a lot. So I made that my priority. Like that was the first one. And even though that didn't open up till eight, I showed up at seven and I beat another guy by like two minutes and I got in there and they had all these like little life pets and my little pony brand new seal toys. And I cleaned house. Nice. I was going to ask about that before I add my, my uh, <clears throat> little tip. What do you do when you see, cause I feel like it's quite a few of them. The listings that, Big, bold, no early birds. Do you still show up early to those? Oh, yeah. Like, I that, it, it terrifies me a little bit. I'm like, this person, if I show up early, because I've had a few where I show up, and they're like, we are still setting up. And I'm like, well, the, the, any haggling that I was going to do with this person has gotten worse, well, you know? It, it, I get it, but a smile breaks down everything. Mm. Like, you walk, you know, you show up and go like, oh, you can, there's two ways you can. setting up. Yeah, okay, there's, there's two ways you can play it. Right, well, we're already jumping ahead a little bit before planning our route. I thought I had it right, the mic. Mike keeps moving it. You you just gotta talk right into All right. it, man. So maybe I just need a headset. Maybe there you go with the microphone right here. So there's two ways. One, you could play dumb, right? You can show up like, hey, uh, when are you guys starting? I see, some, I saw some cool stuff. I just don't want to be rude and just walk in because it looks like you're setting up, right? You know, most people aren't gonna like go off on you. It's true. You can yeah. do that one. And you're not, you're not, you're not being deceitful. Like you're stating all truths, you know. The other one is like, hey, I know you guys are starting a little bit, and I know you guys said no early birds. I just, you know, I'm worried about, you know, the competition. And I just, you know, I just want to see if you've used that. Uh-huh. I'm worried about competition. Yeah. Huh. I, I I like I said, I'm upfront about my reselling. Like you know, and most of the time they're like, oh, and maybe I look like a jovial guy. <laughs> jovial, the right word. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why, but 
people are, are good to me. Yeah, that's nice. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I always when I see the no early bird, it, it kind of it kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but yeah, I've got to imagine like I've been planning on doing my own garage sale here pretty soon because we talked about mm-hmm. me me making a big move. So it's going to be weird doing a garage sale now as a reseller, like thinking about it differently. The people who come, like I'm going to be able to spot like who's there for what, you know. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine if somebody shows up while I'm setting up and they want to buy something from me. If my role is to sell the stuff that I have and that's my desire I'm gonna be like yeah please buy whatever you want right if you're gonna give me a price that I'm happy with like I don't care if you're five minutes early but no, some people man that they, when it's like big bold like no early birds you know what though I've okay so I will I've had people be rude when I show up early and for those I just leave hmm. yeah because you know you're not gonna have a, a good it's already you've already lost you know what I mean and, and, and it's hard to gain traction so it's not like everybody's nice to me I've had the people are like yeah you just have to wait and they literally will let people stand out there in the cold for half an hour like I was there at one that I didn't leave because I knew what they had and I needed you know I needed to pick it up I, I think it was like a bunch of Harley gear and I was like I'm not leaving this like I will get that Harley gear the worst one was I was standing outside with a couple of guys waiting for um an estate sale to start and it said when it was going to start and there was like nothing, no signs or anybody. And there's like two or three people waiting outside. And one of them's <laughs> like, what are like, should we go up there? Like there's nothing. And he went up and he knocked on the door and nobody answered. And so we're about to leave. And then he went up and knocked on the door again. And somebody answered. He's like, is this the estate zone? And he's like, not here. Oh, and we were worst. out there for like a half hour. That yeah, bad. that was, that was not good. That is lost um, time. That was, that was not a happy day for me. But, um, so yeah, that, that one of the reasons why you want to definitely make sure you know where you're going and. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people put the wrong address, but do all of the research you can ahead of time. Uh, so one of the things I do when I'm, I, I kind of have a running document like you do uh, for the garage sales for that weekend. So I set up by time. So I try and get started as early as possible. I, I get up a little earlier than you do. So when I see- A lot earlier than I do. So what I do is I go through and it's it's almost never the best route, like time-wise as far as like I can hit the most houses but I try and hit the houses at the earliest time possible. So I'll look up, are there any garage sales that have a 5 a.m. start time? And if there's two of them, I, I, I open up a document. I have 5, 6, 637, 738, and then like 8:39. And I look at the ones that are interesting to me, and I start putting them in the times that they start. Huh. Then I go through and I do like a 5 to 6, and I create a, a map just for that. Okay. And I send it to my email and then I go to like the seven to eights and I put them in order of, if there's some that seem really, really interesting, I'll, I'll put it up higher. Um, but, but I try and get like, okay, if I can do all the five o'clock ones and then get to the six when the six are starting and then get to the sevens when the sevens are starting, then I can be the earliest bird at as many possible garage sales. Interesting. So there's no one way to do this. So I, I don't do it that way. So the way I do it is. Like I said, I find and use the keywords, and if there's one I want to go to, no matter what, that's my first one. Then after even if that, it starts at nine, well, no nine. Okay, so that one I will show up later, but I will cut it into my time to make sure I'm there like at eight something. Gotcha. But if it's like at seven and or eight, let's say it's eight o'clock, and I need to start at seven, I'll go. I'll go there. So time doesn't dictate where I go. And then what I do after that, I use this website called Route Excel. I'm not saying it's, you can use whatever you can to plan your route. 
But what that one does, I put the addresses in. I put where I want to start and where I want to stop. I think Google Maps is something like mm-hmm. this too. I just I don't know why I use this. It's like a it's like a European based website. I'm not sure why. But what it does, it it takes me in like the best possible route to use the least amount of gas and waste the least amount of time. Yep. Right. And so I'll go and I'll start where I want to start and I'll just keep going. Right. And then if I look on my list and there's one that has like, let's say one had like N64 games and the one before it was like, ran, I put randomness because I really don't know. I may, if I'm short on time, I may just skip it and just go to the N64 one. Mm. Right. But then I do that. But I let, I don't let time dictate it because, you know, sometimes you can get away with going to things early. Yep. Uh, I let more of like, does it have what I want? And I, it's not a guarantee, but does it have what I want based on what I saw? On Craigslist. Mm. That makes sense? It does. And then my last place is usually it's like a thrift store on my route or it's, you know, like that Best Buy liquidation. It's a, a place where I want to end. It's not my home. It's where I want to end in case things don't go well. Right, well, I think I might have just, you know, learned something big today. I always see, you know, certain people that we follow on Instagram that always seem to be getting different video games. And I'm like, man, I never find those. And it's probably because it people like be. you who are uh, picking know. them up, they know, they know they're looking at them ahead of time. So I'm kind of shocked that I hadn't thought beforehand to, uh, to search keywords, but I think that's good. That's a, that's a smart way of doing it. So maybe if I can find a way to combine keyword searching with, <clears throat> with time, maybe I can, maybe I can find a way to mix the two together. Maybe I just, I've, I've struggled with it and I just went to the keywords now, quick things. So there's that. The other part is, and this is going to be real simple, right? What do you do with your money? Huh? Do you break it up anyway before you plan to go? Yeah. Well, one, I want to make sure I've got lots of of small bills, right? Okay. Um, but I organize, I, I have a separate wallet that's just with cash. I, I, I put it in a fanny pack sometimes. I only use a fanny pack now and I'm like trying to use a camera or something in it. But it doesn't have any of my cards. It's just cash. And I do, it's got two um compartments and one compartments is all my twenties and tens. The other compartments, all my fives and ones. Okay. So it's easy for me to find exactly what I need. So if something's six bucks, I pull one from the, the first one and then something from the end of that compartment. So it's really, really easy. I'm never like looking for money. Um, but i I want to have majority of like ones and fives and tens, um, with enough twenties. Cause you never know if you're going to have a big item that you're going to be like, Oh, this is 400 bucks. Here you go. No, I get it. But but you got to have those small bills because if you don't have small bills, you're losing time. Yeah, because there's especially at the beginning if you're early to a garage sale and you get there and somebody's like, yeah, I'll give that to you for three dollars, and you're like, sweet, here's a ten, and they're like, oh, well, I gotta go break that. Hold on, let me go inside real quick, the and they worst. go inside like, and lose ten minutes. Yep, you lose more. Yeah, and then it's like, well, do I just say like, here, take the ten for it? But then it might not be worth it, and so yeah, so you're you're stuck in a bad situation at that point. Yeah, so make sure you break. And there's more that we could talk about, and and we'll probably talk about this in the videos. Like, what's a good reseller kit? Mm. Like, do you take batteries with you? Yeah, you, you've, you've you've encouraged me to do that. So yeah, I think a reseller kit is something we'll talk about during the video for sure. Okay. Yeah, but just something to be aware. Of. Think about what you'll need. So we'll just break it down real quick. We'll just say, you know, if you want to collect tape decks, cassettes are good. If you want to you know, calculators, you probably need triple A and, and double A batteries, right? Mm-hmm. There's just different things that you'll probably need that you don't think about that. I just keep them in my middle console. Yep. And when I haggle, you know, I go, hey, I want to buy this. And first I make my pile and then I would go to my car and get whatever I need. Yep. So am I missing something there? Prepping. Let's um, see. There's more. Oh, I do. Do you have the your car ready? 
for stuff? Have you thought about that? Um, you know, I, I've got a, a, a good sized trunk. Um, but I've recently started thinking about like keeping like maybe a tote or two in the back to keep things kind of organized. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times I just organize by like breakables end up in my back seat, um, clothes <laughs> yeah. and non-breakables end up in the trunk and I just kind of just throw it in there. And um, then sometimes you gotta make those turns and yeah. you might end up losing money on the way home. Yeah. So here's those dishes that you just bought. Go. <laughs> yeah. So find ways like I can use Ikea bags. Sometimes I can use boxes, some way to break up. And we'll talk about it in the aftermath section of this, how, you know, there's, there's actually <laughs> not a science, but, there's, there's some techniques you probably should put in place when you're done with that garage sale. Yep. All right, so let's get to the garage sale now. Ooh, that's the best part. So the first thing is, do you ever just do drive-by garage sales? Oh, all the time. Okay. Well, I didn't I didn't in the beginning because I, I, I always thought every garage sale had a magical treasure that I just had to find. So when, when do you know to just drive by? And what I mean is you don't get out of the car, you just do the slow lean, you're looking, and then you just keep moving. Um, I... I don't think it's possible to give uh, a direct one. Yeah, an example or like a hard and fast rule on that. For me, it's kids' clothes. Kids' clothes, yeah. If it's just kids' clothes, I think for sure. But, uh, you know, certain kids' toys and stuff could potentially be. Kids' clothes, yeah, that's true. That that would be maybe the hard and fast. But um, I feel like it's just experience. So if you've been garage selling a long time, you already know this. If you're kind of like, okay, I want to do some garage sales, here's my suggestion to you. Just for the several weeks, go to a garage sale and just look at every garage sale, look at every item and start to learn what's what, what types of, and then you'll start figuring out patterns, right? Mm-hmm. You'll start to realize like, okay, when it's set up like this, what is, what does the house look like? What do the people look like? What do the things outside look like? You can kind of take all of that information and based off of what you've seen and experienced in the past, say, yep, not for me, or look at it and say, huh, I don't know. But you can only get that feel for being at hundreds of garage sales and kind of experiencing it and knowing it. So, um, yes, absolutely. I drive by garage sale, but I, I don't know if I'd recommend that to somebody new to I agree. Garage sales. I agree. You probably need to stop at every, which one do you figure out now? What is your favorite setup? Like you drive by and you're like, I need to stop here now. Do you have one? Um, um it, it's tough, huh? It is tough. I, I don't like when it's just like a bunch of like, tools and that kind of stuff like that like is definitely not my favorite clothes i kind of get into because i'm starting to get more into clothes but like there's certain items like if it's like kind of like collectible looking items yeah. um i know for you it's like if you see a harley out front you're, you're <laughs> i know i no. Again, this is a pro tip if there's a harley in front and you want to sell harley you always ask hey i see you have a harley do you have any accessories or any harley stuff you're willing to you know sell that's at always. And that's with anything. If there's like a certain vehicle uh, or there's a certain, you know, whatever it is, there's a key word that makes you think, hey, maybe they have this. Always ask. Now, my favorite setup, though, is boxes. Like when they have huh. a bunch of boxes, because that means it's possible they haven't gone through them. Mm. Right. And you I have had some of my biggest scores because things have just been in boxes and they haven't looked in those boxes in a while. Right, yeah. so they haven't done that, you know, value like how much is this worth and so on. Now, what is the thing that make you makes you run though from a garage sale? Makes me. Oh, what is oh <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see eBay like printed out eBay listings right next to an item. Now I'll run away from the item. I won't run away from the garage sale. Fair enough. 
Yeah, because that, that means they, they're overvaluing a specific item. I've, I've actually done that at a garage sale. Specifically, is at one garage sale where several items, and they were like the most creepy-looking dolls. And and they were they were raggedy, and they were, had like cigarette stains on them, like the yellow smoke stains, and they just were dirty and gross. And next to it was a printed-out picture of an eBay listing of like a pristine doll at like $19.99. And I'm like, okay, so one, this isn't even that expensive of an item. Two, yours is not that, right? But then like a few like steps over was a TI-83 calculator. And I was like, how much for this? $2. All right, thanks. I'll take it. Like, so, so yeah. That's so like you can still win because it's like thrift stores, yeah. right? Thrift stores that keep stuff in the glass. Yeah. But then there's something on the main floor that was way more valuable. Yep. yep. They've got weaknesses. They're overvaluing certain things and undervaluing others. And that's really as a reseller, that's what your entire goal is to do is to find items that people are undervaluing so that you can sell. Right. 100%. 100%. All right. So you get to the garage. How do you, when you see the people, how do you, how do you approach them? Um, with the biggest smile and greeting I can give. Well, you know, and I try not to be cheesy or, or, or anything like that. Hi, I'm Mike and I'm here to buy from you. Yeah. But, but you know, if they're already talking with somebody, I don't like interrupt a conversation. I just come up and look at stuff. And then, you know, whenever you get a chance, like, Hey, how's it going? Good morning. Um, if, if there's anything interesting going on, like mention it, like, man, it's going to be a hot day today. Oh, I can't believe how cold it is. Like just something small to like break the ice and let them know, like you're a person, you're a human. No, I, that, that's the thing that opens up so many doors. Cause I know some resellers and everybody has their own way of doing things that they rather the least they talk, the better because they just, they want to be in and out really fast. Mm -hmm. Right. But for me, I usually just roll up and I'll, and you know, I'll roll up, I'll get out of the car and I'll go and I'll say, uh, Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm guessing you guys have been super busy. Like that's one of my key words right away. Mm -hmm. Number one, Kind of breaks the eyes. It's something yep. everybody can relate with. And it lets you know whether they've all already been picked through. Correct. Yeah. And then if there's something in my keywords that, you know, I'm waiting, I'll go, hey, so I saw on your ad you had this, so it's still available. And then if they say, no, somebody took it, then the next question I ask is like, hey, I just, do you have any other like related items that you're kind of pondering, you know, of, of selling? And then you see where that goes. Hmm. Right. That I mean. You saw the Harley haul I had a few weeks ago. That's how I went. Like, I was looking for Harley memorabilia. Memor of, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, all I have left is this. And I go, hey, do you have any extra, like, that maybe you were considering, but you didn't know? Oh, yeah, I have all this stuff on a list on eBay. And I go, hey, you know, and this is, I know those of you listen to the podcast, you already heard the story, but I just took it to the next level and said, hey, can I help you limit what you sell on eBay and just you can make some money now and, you know, just see where the conversation goes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Right. Have you done something similar like that too? Um, there was, there was one item I was looking for one time that I saw in, in an ad that, that I went and asked about. Uh, but typically I, I, I tend to play more of the ignorance card, right? Like I'm just okay. looking at what they have. Um, but I probably shouldn't, especially if I'm looking for certain things, because I know like that you I've seen it multiple times happen to you. But like, OK, you're looking for Nintendo 64 stuff or whatever it is. And they're like, no, it just sold. And then you say, like, well, do you have any other like game console stuff? And then sure enough, they're like, well, we do have that GameCube that, you know, let me let me go see if my son wants to get rid of that, you know, and then that's that's what opens up the door to an even bigger find. 
Um, so yeah, once I'm talking to somebody, I'll ask those questions, but I tend to, I tend to come at it more of just like, I want it to feel like it comes up organically. I get it. I get it. I mean, I had, there's one place where they had, they had Nintendo stuff. It was on the ad. I show up and all they had left was like an old, like it was an NES, but it didn't have the controllers or anything. And I said, oh man, Nintendo, you know, I used to love it. And I sue and, and I'll bring up like other keywords. I go, oh, I used to love like Super Nintendo, which, which is true, which was my, one of my favorite consoles. And she goes, you know what? I still have a Super Nintendo. And I go, that is awesome. Do you ever play, you know, I said, I think I said Super Mario World and whatever. He goes, yeah, you know what? Are you interested in that? And I go, yeah, sure. And sure enough, she brought it out and I bought it. And there you go, right? Bing, bang, boom. So you, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt you to break the ice, right? You, you know, people just think about it. Like if you're at a garage sale, you're up in the morning, like you're groggy and some people aren't morning people. Right. But if you're doing an early garage sale, you're probably a morning person. That's my yeah. guess. Like I would, I would just donate it. And so once you do that, okay. Talk, talk to me about the negotiation part though. We've talked about this way long ago in a podcast. What are some tips you have for negotiation? Well, um, and, and, and yeah, so, so again, this is stuff we've mentioned before. And so I don't want to take credit for, for any of it because it's things we've both talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's come from you, some from me, and we've kind of meshed things together. But one that we definitely agree on is never give the first number, right? Like never give never. a price. Yeah. So, so the key thing is, and there's a whole lot of negotiating tips. Like if you can grab a whole bunch of things in your arms at one time, that's, that's huge. But even if it's just one item, right? Often I like to look at it. Sometimes they see you looking at it and, and it's kind of like, how much do you want for this? Like how much, how much would you take for this? Let them give the first number. It gives you so much power in the negotiation. hundred percent. Cause you could only go down from whatever number is said. Yeah. And, and sometimes occasionally they're like completely firm, but usually there's room for, for them to go down. Um, so, so when I first started, one of the problems is I'd have numbers in my head, like, Ooh, I'd, I'd pay, like, as long as I can get these shoes for under $8, I'd buy them. And then, so I'd say like, would you take $8 for these? Right. So terrible. Right. Cause I'm losing money. Cause maybe they would have taken $2 for them. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so when you ask them, let them give you that number. And then, yeah, like Orlando said, it, it, it can only go down from there, or at least, you know, where their firm price is and you're not offering above that. But even if they're firm, there's still ways around it. And you know, my favorite, do you remember what my favorite line is? Okay, you probably, it's been oh, so long. Oh, wait, no, I, I can almost guarantee I can guess that is, um, is, oh, I, I understand if you've got like a nostalgic like connection to this, if this is, if this has got like memories for you. That's right. Like, like, no, but it, no, it's actually, <laughs> it is that, that's part of it. I mean, you know, if somebody has a really firm, I, I get it. And, and usually what I'll add to that is like, but you know, I really would like to get this to a nice home. Somebody else that will appreciate that. But that's not the best one. The best one is, I'm not saying it's the best. It works for me. I don't know why I always go, hey, you know what? I know you're at that price, but if we do at this price, I can take it right now. And you'll never have to look at it again. Yep. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. That's another one you say a lot. It's good. But that's not as, I don't like, I mean, that's great. But it's not as funny as every time I've heard you say like, 
because I watch people almost get embarrassed. Like he's like, I was at a garage sale with him and he's like holding up a jacket. How much will you take for this? And they're like $20. And he's like, how about 10? No, $20. I get it. Like, you know, this, this, this jacket must be really important to you. And they're like, no, it's, 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 it's not like that important to me. Like, it's really important to you. If there's, I mean, how, you, you wouldn't do 10? Oh, 15. I guess I could do 15. You know what I mean? Okay, you're right. It's like okay. you get them embarrassed. So maybe that almost. was better than my other line. That's good. Like, I think I didn't even know myself. Mike knows me better than I do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I would say, I don't know if it's as effective, but I was watching that and I was like, you literally are making them, I don't want to say embarrassed, but like, you're you're showing them that they're they've got this emotional attachment to this item and it forces them to recognize like is this item really that important to me and so if it is that important to them that they're like firm on the price that might make them go oh like, why is it so important to me or uh, it causes them to go yeah i guess it's not that big of a deal after all interesting i totally forgot about that yeah. i i see what happens after you do this for a while just naturally you kind of forget it just what comes you do. yeah you know what i mean now you had mentioned bundle mania yeah, I, yep. I love bundles, but okay. The the easiest strategy of bundles is like the more you have together, the more chances that the garage, the person doing the sale, isn't going to want to itemize. They're just right. going to want to get rid of it. One price. Yep. But here's the other one. So let's say you get a high number, right? Let's say they give you a hundred dollars, right? The way I work my bundles is I will pick, and I've said this a few times. You remember me talking about this? Yep. I'll pick a bunch of lower end items. And then I'll pick something that, like, I kind of want, but it's really expensive, but I could do without. Mm. And I'll put that in the bundle. And then what happens when you do the bundle, and if they give you a high number, you take that highest item and you remove it from the equation. That should drop your whole bottom line down. Right. So then I'll go, you know what? What if we just take this? Can we? And then you throw, well, you don't throw the number. You go, you know, that was really expensive. What, you know, what can you do now? Or, you know, what works for you? What would you be okay with? And then they'll give you the number and usually they'll make that sale and go, you know, okay. And you make the purchase and go, okay, I already bought this. Are you still willing to like work on this? And you still work that next one. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, especially because, and we talked about this on on one of your big Harley finds that you did where you just bought the guy out completely. Um, I think there's something to be said for <laughs> giving somebody something they don't realize they have, right? Like once in their mind they have it. So once, once they've got their mindset, like this person is offering me a hundred dollars for all of these items. Now you take some of those items out. They just lost profit, right? In their head, it was like, I, this is a hundred dollars. Like maybe I want more, but at least I have a hundred. Now that you're putting things away in their mind, they're thinking, well, now I've just lost money, mm-hmm. right? So you're making them lose in their head even though they still have the item, they could sell it to somebody else for more, but but you're promising it to them right then and there. So yeah, I think people are more willing to to work on it because it's like for at least a moment in their mind, they've already sold it, right? Like we all do that in our head. We even on on eBay, like when we when we get a sell, we're already excited for it when we know that that person could cancel and and mm-hmm. all of those things. And if they cancel, it's like oh, because for that quick moment, even though you haven't gotten payment yet, you're like, I just sold this item. Hundred percent, yeah. So. Agree. And the other thing I will add is even if somebody says I could get more on eBay, like that's, oh, I hate it when I hear that. Mm. It's not the end for me. Like I'll say, no, you're right. You could probably sell this on eBay, but you know, remember you got to pack it, you got to ship it. You know, how about I help you? Let's work something out. Or, you know, if, if we can't work something out, you know, then you drop the business card. 
Mm. Right? Do you, have you made a card yet? I haven't made a card yet, and there's been a couple of times I wish I did. There was there's one <clears throat> garage sale that I went to early. I was an early bird at it, and mm. I think it bit me because there was a box of video games that were they were decent. I mean, most of them were like Sims and a few other computer games. That yeah. I there was there was some money on them. There was a little bit of ROI, and I couldn't get her to budge on the price at all. Like she wouldn't go to a place where I felt comfortable, and she kept saying like, "Look, you're my first customer." If this was the end of the day, I'd sell it to you for what you wanted, but I think I can get my price for it, right? And it's like times like that where it's like, oh, right? Like I did that well, but you can get it now. Maybe you won't be able to sell it. And, and that would have been a time when it might have been worth saying like, okay, here's my card. Don't piece it out because you're going to be stuck with a bunch of individual pieces. If you don't find a buyer at your price, I'll buy it, right? Yeah. But I didn't have a card. No, Now, I will tell you, sometimes when people say like later on in the day, you got to think will you have an opportunity to get a deal or get that item again? Right. So at this, at the um, estate sale where they had those Bose speakers. So the Bose speaker, they had a Bose speakers, they had a center channel and they had an equalizer. Okay. The speakers themselves go for five fifty. The equalizer goes for like two to 300, the center channel one to 200. They're selling it all for one fifty. Mm. So I, you know, it was, I was one of the first people, well, I wasn't the first, I got there like, 30 minutes later, but I guess no one was looking at these speakers and maybe because they didn't want to ship it or whatever. And I said, Hey, would you be willing to do, you know, a hundred, you know, I, they've been sitting here for a while, you know, I'll, I'll get these out of here. It'll make your move a lot easier. And the guy wasn't having it. It was like one fifty, or like, and the same line, Hey, it's early. I, you know, maybe come back at the end of the day, but I knew if I waited to the end of the day, those are gone. I'm losing several hundred dollars. Mm. So sometimes you just got to pay up. Like you've, you've yeah. talked about that too. Like you just got to drop that money and move on. Yeah. If you know there's ROI, sometimes you're fighting over, over pennies when you've already got the victory, right? Like you, you don't need to, I mean, obviously ideally you want to buy the item at the, the cheapest price possible, but if there's already a win, if it's like, if I can get it at this price, I've already won. I'm already got a good ROI. Then yeah, there's no there's no point in losing that over maybe an extra ten or twenty or fifty bucks, right? Like mm -hmm. like take the win when you can. Um, good. I, one of the things that that I know you're very upfront about being a reseller. I'm I'm like half and half. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I just I, I don't. But what about while I think it's part of the sourcing and negotiating? Because I feel like sometimes you lose some negotiating power. Sometimes you gain some negotiating power when you're looking up items on your phone. And so for some of our listeners, if you're new to garage sales and, and to reselling in general, you're going to, you're going to have to look up everything, like research everything. Once you've been doing it for a while, there's certain items where I can, I can walk into most garage sales now and not necessarily need to pull out my phone unless it's like, Oh, I really just don't know on this item, but I can be like, yes on those. Yes on those. No on those. No on those. And there might be some maybes and I'm still learning a ton, but when I first started, like I would literally walk from item to item and research on my phone, research on my phone. Do you pull your phone out in front of us or in front of uh, the yes, people at the all the time? Calls? But let me, I want to add a couple things. So earlier I said, you know, when you show up and you're looking for a specific item, you can ask about it. Sometimes when there is no competition around and those items like you want to pick up are there, I won't go to them first. Hmm. I'll go to other items. Now, I'll be careful. I'll play, you know, I'll play it by ear because if there's somebody else that didn't grab it, I'll grab it right away. But 
if there's other items that I'm, I kind of want to pick up too, I'll pick those items up first and I'll pick that item up last. So I'm not showing that person that I value a certain item above mm. others. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And so that goes hand in hand with your phone. Like if there is something that I really think is expensive, but I got to do a research to it, I'll pick up something right next to it and I'll, <laughs> I'll research re- the other item. I'll research the other item and then I'll research the other item real quick. So then it doesn't look like I'm valid. I really want this. It looks like I want mm. this. And then I go, hey, and then I'll just go, hey, so what are you looking for for this one? Does that make, does that, am I making sense here? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's genius. If you can pull that off, especially like you said, you got to, you got to preface that with there's not competition around that that can snag things because too many times people are grabbing things when you're trying to grab it, even as you're researching things. But yeah, there might even be something to be said for one of the things you taught me. Certain thrift stores are really, really busy. And we had a whole episode where we talked about um, like what you do in thrift stores. But sometimes it's worthwhile to fill up the items in your cart that are the maybes, especially if there's a long line, or like find somewhere later once you have them and then do the research. Because now you've got them in your cart. And if it's a if it's a yes, then you keep it. And if it's a no, you can put it back. But if you're researching everything at the shelf, you're losing potentially other items as somebody else mm-hmm. walks by. So when you get to a garage sale, that, that could be a strategy too is pick up if if no, you pick up first. Yeah, so, garage shows are more intense than thrift stores. Oh, for sure. But like like you said, so if you've got an item that's you know a few feet away from you, and that's the one you're really wanting to research, and you don't want it to look like you're valuing it, it might be worth grabbing early, grabbing a few other things, and research it when you're looking at something else. Yeah, like like walk over to the back, and it might even be something that's not worthwhile. But that's when you do the research, so it looks like I've already got this. This isn't the item I'm looking up. I'm looking up this other random thing over here. And then you put that thing down and don't actually buy it. And I want to add, if you're brand new, when we mean research, we mean, usually we mean you go to the eBay app and you check filter, you filter it to sold. Sold comps. Yeah. Okay. And if you're looking for Amazon, you go to Amazon seller app and you're scanning a barcode. Yep. Okay. So now it it is tricky, right? Because, you know, at times what will happen, it's a very, very rarely happen where, Somebody's like, hey, what are you doing with your phone? Mm. Are you checking prices on eBay? I'll just be upfront. Like, yes, I am. You know, I'm a reseller. I'm just looking to get this, you know, at the right price point. Right? I mean, because you're kind of stuck. You know, if... I just say, yeah, I'm a bargain hunter. I always want to make sure I'm getting the best deal. But that's good. That's true. You're right. I mean, I've I've had somebody before say, like, it's disrespectful to, like, pull out your phone, you know, in front of... In this day and age, you can be pulling out your phone for anything, right? You could be texting, you could be on Instagram, like they don't know, you know? And, and so here's the advantage to a phone. If you have somebody whose price is way off and I've done this before, I'll tell them like, you know, I checked on eBay and here's the solds like, and I'm, I, you know, I need to make some money on this. Like, is there a way we could work on this price? And sometimes they'll work with me, Hmm. especially if I'm trying to buy a lot of it. Like, What's happened when I tell them I'm a reseller and I go, hey, I'm looking for more and I'm willing to buy a lot. Sometimes they're willing to do more for you. Yeah. Right. I had this one place I went to and I was just looking for a calculator. And then, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I buy similar stuff. Do you have any items? Then I noticed the cricket thing. Mm. And I go, hey, I saw you have some crickets, those cartridges. Yeah. I said, hey, you have any cricket stuff? And <laughs> this is what she said. She goes. I actually have a, a brand new printer that I can never open that I don't know what to do with. Hmm. And I paid $30 and I flip it for 300 Right? So 
I know we have a whole, I think we have a whole podcast about like, do you share being a reseller? Do right. you not share? And I will tell you when on a garage sale, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Mm. It doesn't. Now I will say, be careful when the item is like something that they are very much holding on to. Mm. Right. So for instance, like there's a, let's say there's a, a pair of Nike shoes and they have it listed for like 200 and you know, to make money, you have to buy it for 40. I just, I, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't spend my time on that. Mm. That's just me. If you're a good negotiator, you can probably get that for that 40. But for me, you got to move on because that's the other thing about sourcing negotiating. You don't want to spend too much time because you may be missing out, you know, FOMO on other items yeah. along the road. Oh, absolutely. You got to be, you got to be really careful that you're, um, you're being wise with your time. So it's, it's, it's a cost benefit analysis thing. Like, okay, I'm, if I'm here for an extra five minutes negotiating, I might, I might get $5 off of this item. Uh, but that five minutes could be a big deal, especially early in the morning when you're, if you're new to garage, going to garage sales, um, when you're first starting out, the biggest thing to do is to research. Uh, but the second thing to start doing is, is work on, on speed early. Like you want to be the early bird at, at most garage sales. You want to get there quick. And so after a certain time, I feel like I can slow down. Like, okay, it's nine 30. I've got five more garage sales. All right. Most of the like easy, big finds are probably gone. So now I'm just looking for the, the, the rare stuff that somebody might've overlooked. Mm-hmm. So I could take my time getting there. I'm not as stressed about it, but when it's seven o'clock in the morning, you better be moving. Yeah. And, and again, I would say if you see items you want to pick up, like pick up, like you said, pick up and research later. And again, if two people are going towards a box, I will just say there's nothing wrong in you going towards that box. Mm. Right. You've had the, you know, you've had that guy that yelled at you like, hey, what are you doing yep. here? Yep. Right. But ultimately, like you're all there for the same purpose. Yep. I'm not saying being rude, but you got to be uh what's a good word here? Assertive. Assertive. That's a good word. You got to be, you do have to be assertive because what will happen is you'll have that person that will grab that item or will, I've had it happen. Oh, I should share the story. There's Bose speakers, right? I showed up at the garage sale, right? I was looking for these Bose speakers. I showed up and this other guy was there and he was already looking at them. And, but the speakers weren't like out in front. So I go and, and, the guy goes, hey, um, I was wondering if you guys had those Bose speakers still. I go, yeah, me too. I was wondering about those Bose speakers. And so the guy brings them out, and the guy's just, like, looking at them. And I go, hey, I'll give you right now 40 bucks, Right? And the other guy's like, hey, you can't do that. I got here before you. I'm like, yeah, but you're not for the guy. Like, is that okay? Are, are we okay here? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I I feel like maybe there's an unspoken rule if someone's got it in their hand and you're offering. But it wasn't in their hand. They, it was just like I think they were like doing research. Like mm. they weren't even. I knew what the value was. Yeah. So the guy got super mad at me, and then he goes, "You can't do that." I'm like, "Sure, I can." Like you didn't offer the guy. I offered the guy. He's like, "Well, I got here before you." I'm like, "Yeah, you got here before me, but you weren't seriously considering this." So what ended up happening is we got into a bidding war. So then the guy's like, no, I'll give, I'll give you, I, I want, I'll, I want those speakers. I'll give you 50. I'm like, sure. I want, I'll give you 60. The guy was just like, lit. <laughs> like he was not happy with me. 
And uh, here's the funny part. So the other guy, instead of continuing on with me, he just left. So after the guy left, the guy goes, hey, I got some other Bose speakers. You want to buy them? Oh, jeez. Right? <laughs> but that's what I mean. You got to be – now, if you think I'm wrong, let me know in the comments below. Hey, real quick, we haven't done this whole podcast. We haven't had a chance – like and subscribe our podcast. Comment below. We are Pierce of Podcast on YouTube. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, you know, follow us because we drop knowledge all the time on there. Sometimes stuff that's not even, you know, on the podcast is on there. We do IG stories daily. We are Pierce of Podcast. We're also on Twitter, Pierce of Cast. On Facebook, we are Pierce of Podcast. Give us a phone call if you have any questions, something you want to drop, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, make sure you hit that bell button to get alerts of our YouTube. If you listen to the podcast, it'd be awesome. You could also share this podcast, share our YouTube and, you know, just get the word out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know it sounds like, sounds like we're asking a lot, you know, with all those things, but, but really the main thing we're asking is, um, you know, we give this content for free and we just, we'd really love it if one communicate back with us. That That's great. We'd love to hear from you. And two, use those comments, subscribe, um, leave a comment or a review on iTunes. The reason we want that is, is it helps, it helps other people find us. Like the, the algorithms are set up for people to find uh, videos that are the most helpful, have the most likes, have the most uh, comments going in them. So you doing that helps us out. And so we really appreciate it. 100%. All right. So I think we've covered a lot of the prepping, planning, negotiating. I mean, there's more. And in our videos, we'll get more like detailed yep. in it. So let's just real, really quick talk about the aftermath here. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Because now you got a car full of, it's not junk, but let's call it junk. What do you, what do you, what do you do? With I prefer that? the term treasure. A treasure. Okay. Or inventory reserves, right? Yeah. My so inventory like, reserves. So what do you do with that? Like, what do you do? Do you just go home and like, it sits in your car for days? Um, okay. So my, I, I kind of have like a thing now I get home, I get out of my car. I don't take anything inside unless like I have like an incredible crazy find. Okay. Then I'll bring that in. Uh, but I go in and I, I, typically sit down and have coffee with my wife and just talk about life and then maybe talk about what we found the garage sales. Then I go out and get the stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, and part of it is I, I want to, for at least a little bit of time, disconnect from, from doing the garage sales. Cause I know I'm super excited about it and maybe that's, that's bad that with that energy, I should be like, all right, let's go. Let's list right now. But it's kind of nice for me to, okay, I've been gone all morning. I'm going to give some time to my family and then I'll get back into eBay world. Yeah, look, I'm interested in what our listeners say. Like, comment below if you're on YouTube or shoot us a DM. Like, do you, like, disconnect? I do, too. Like, I'll have my car full of stuff, and I'm like, I'm done. I'll go. I'll have lunch with my with my family, and I'll chill for a little bit, and then I'll bring it in. The problem is if I don't go back to it. Yep. You can't disconnect for too long. Right? And then it's, like, Wednesday, and I'm out thrift store shopping, and I still have, like, garage stuff. And actually, I saw somebody on IG today on their IG story. Someday they picked up, I think, at the swap meet, like, a week and a half ago, they still had it in the trunk of their car. Yep. Oh, man, I do that, too. I got advice. I learned video. I do I do video on the side, too. Um, and the guy that taught me video gave me one of the best pieces of advice I got for video, and I think it's just, it just applies to reselling, too. Um, I did footage for a wedding and I, I made a video for a wedding. It was one of the first like paid gigs that I did. And I told the person like, okay, like it's probably going to be like four to five weeks before I have a chance, like have the complete video to you. Okay. That's, that's fine. 
And it's like going on week two and the person who's teaching me a video is like, so how was the footage? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't started editing yet. And he's like, that's okay. But like, what about the footage? Like, how does it look? And I, I don't know. I haven't started editing yet. And he goes, no, you don't understand. Like within 24 hours, you need to look at every piece of footage that you took. I'm like, uh, he's like, cause if you don't, you're just going to let it sit forever. And then you're going to lose. Cause when you're in the mindset, like videos kind of specific, but you're taking shots, you have an idea. And if you don't look at it afterwards, you're going to forget what that idea was. And I think the same thing goes for reselling. If you mm -hmm. go too long without organizing, thinking about getting it put to where it needs to be starting to take pictures, then you're going to look back two weeks from now and say, Oh yeah, I have that pile sitting there. No. And it happens all the time. So what I do is I'll go home, I'll disconnect. But then the first thing, one of the first things I do is I split them up. Hmm. I go, this is eBay. Now, usually if I'm really disciplined, right, or word of the year disciplined, is I have an FBA section in the car, I have an eBay section, I have a local section, right? But if I'm not, you know, I do that when I get back. So automatically I'll, I'll put all the eBay stuff on one side, I'll put all the FBA, I'll put all the local, and then I'll put all the projects on one side. And then I'll double look at the project and go, is this worth my time? Right? Because sometimes you'll like bundle, right? To get the better deal. But sometimes you bundle junk in there and it's just not worth your time. Right? And then I get moving on it. So all the FBA I'll put in one section where I keep all my FBA that I'm going to send out. So usually I have a, I don't have a big box, but usually I have a section uh, in my home or in my unit where I put all the FBA stuff and it gets to a certain level or if the box fills up, I know it's time you know, to send that out or to put it together with the whole retail arbitrage hall. Okay. If it's eBay, then I break it up into more, which goes to my helper, which, you know, do I end up listing by myself? Right. Because there's some items you want to be careful of, but this is what I will say. You, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. The sooner you list it, the less chances it's going to be a death pile. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. And I've had items that have sat in my trunk for weeks that I finally list and I make good money on and I could have made that money weeks ago. Yeah. And or I, that break. And 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 that's something that I try not to think of it as like, okay, I could have made this money earlier. Cause it is true. Money today is worth more than money tomorrow. Uh, and that's that's a true statement. It's your quote of the week. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. I guess it is. Thank you for uh thank you for pointing that out. I just want to make sure we uh, have them now. But but that is it's a true statement because of just general inflation and the, the way money valuing works is literally money today is more valuable. It has more purchasing power than money like a week from, from now. And it's such an insignificant amount that, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't make a big deal when you're talking about a few dollars. But, um, so there is a, a point to be said, like making the money now is better, but okay. If I make the money six months from now, I'm happy as long as I make the money eventually. But what I notice is not so much that I've, it's taking me longer to make the money, but like you said, I've got some items that are just sitting on shelves that have been there for months that are project mm -hmm. items mm -hmm. that it's not just so much that I'm, I'm losing out on. I could have had the money, but I'm losing on inventory space. Mm -hmm. One, it, it creates, there's, there's just like a, like almost like an oppressive weight. And I know that, that sounds like a little intense, no, but, right. but there is like when, when you've got this, this task that you haven't tackled yet, when you haven't ate that frog, as we talked about in the past, it, it kind of just looms over your head in the back of your head. And it just causes this feeling of like, you feel like you have so much to do, even if you've gotten a lot done because in the back of your mind, it's like, but I've got those five VCRs that I haven't even tested yet. Mm -hmm. It's always there. So the sooner you can get it done or at least have it down, like I'm doing this on X date and you stick to it, then it's, 
then it's off your mind. You don't have to think about it anymore. But if you keep saying you're going to do it, I'll do it next weekend. And then you don't, I'll do it next weekend. And then you don't, then you don't get that relief of putting it on the calendar. You can stop thinking about it. Well, and I agree. And if, and sometimes you pick up projects, right? You'll pick up like a DVD recorder that has no remote because with the remote, you'll make good money. So I'll give you an example. I have these Bose speakers and it didn't have, uh, I don't think it had the power supply. But I had plugged it in with some power supply that they already had, and I knew I just had to buy one. These speakers go for $200. Well, I did I did discipline. So I did discipline. I don't even know if it's proper grammar. But I usually order the remotes or anything I need the moment I get home or on the road. Like, I'll just go to my Amazon app, I'll type in what I need, and I'll order it right there. Because what happens is... You're right. It just sits there. And I've actually ordered a power supply for this Bose, these Bose speakers weeks later. And then I get them and I put them on the side. And I don't even know where that power supply is anymore. Mm. And then I'll find this these speakers that are $200 and I've done nothing with them. And they just sit there. And then there you have you run the, you know, the issue of what if you break something because you didn't list it right away or you didn't send it off right away? Like you can lose real money. Yep. So you definitely have to be careful in the aftermath of the garage sale because you can lose all that money that you gain within that time. Yep. No, absolutely. And one of the nice things too, I remember when I first started out and and maybe part of it too is just finding out for each each individual listener. Like the more I realize doing this, it's come up a lot on the Instagram and the podcast. You got to strike while the iron's hot, as it were. So like when there's when there's opportunity to source, source as much as you can. Don't say, don't say, well, I already have items. I'm, I'm going to pass up on amazing deals. Like if there's amazing deals, you need to pick them up. Agreed. But also there is an element of you should, at least when you're starting off, do what's comfortable. Because when I first started off, when I would go to garage sales and I'd come home with four or five items, it's guaranteed that night those items were going up, right? Because there was like enthusiasm. It was a, it was an accomplishable task. It was manageable. Like I can do five items, right? This is no big deal. I'm, I'm posting them the same day. Now, sometimes I come home with 30 items and because it's almost so overwhelming, it could take, it might be four or five days before I post five items, mm-hmm. you know? So, so you kind of got to find that place where you're, you're, you're working within your comfort zone, but also not passing up good deals. Right. Agreed. And that Agreed. there's a balance there. So, you know, the key thing in all of this in our whole garage sale talk is you got to plan, right? You got to be disciplined. <laughs> I, I would say you got to figure out negotiation. Like you got to get out there. You got to, one thing we didn't talk about, is like, you got to get awkward, right? Ooh, yeah. That's such a good one. We didn't talk about that, but you know, when you're running numbers again, I feel like we should reinsert this earlier on the podcast, but it's such a good point is that, you know, when somebody gives you a number and then you give them another number here, let's role play this real quick. All right. Um, How much will we take for this, uh, this amazing Pearsall podcast. Wait, before model. we start the role play, though, am I the seller or are you? Are you the reseller or am I the seller? Uh, I'm the reseller, I guess, because okay. I just asked All you. Right, how okay. Much. So, how much do you want for this uh, amazing Pearsall podcast mug? I don't know. It it goes back to these days where I had this podcast and mm. I had a great time. So, um, I don't know. What would you do? I don't know, but I mean, like, I don't know, like, I'm not even sure really what it's worth. What do you think? Are you sure? Like, you don't have any number in mind? Like, I'm kind of struggling here. Mm. All right. You know what? I've had it for a while. 
Can we do 20? I don't know. I don't want to insult you with, you know. Okay, all right. What about 15? I, I was thinking like five. five. Really? Five? I mean, th that means a lot to me. All right. Can you come up a little bit? Okay, let, can we meet at 12? Uh, I don't know. How about 10? We just split the difference. Uh, seven, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know if I need this, actually. You know what? I don't want to waste any more of your time. All right, we'll do seven. I hope you realize how awkward that was. Right? That was super awkward. You, those of you that are listening or watching, you had to admit that was awkward. Yeah, it feels awkward, and that's the whole point. Like, it, it can and play it might, out. Wait, before it might not turn out that way. By the way, yeah, you know, we're role playing. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah. It, it, so it, it can happen several ways. Like, just even if they give you a number, sometimes just being quiet and just not saying anything, it puts. It, it, it's going to feel a little awkward for you, but it feels awkward for them too. Oh well, yeah. The, right? the onus was definitely on me to get, say something. Yeah. Cause I feel uncomfortable and I look at you and yeah, it, it, it happens a lot. I mean, I will tell you, this is, we are consistently getting good deals. Would you say this is like one of the best negotiation tools? Yeah. It's really, you gotta, you gotta be comfortable with being uncomfortable and making other people feel a little awkward um, by just not saying anything like science, cause there's, there's one thing I've learned, like, especially I know this as being a teacher, especially when teachers are like working together in rooms of students, when you're trying to let students lead and take ownership of something, there's times where there's just silence and there's this feeling as an adult that you have that you need to interject and you need to help like mm -hmm. lead. And sometimes it's best just to let there be awkwardness because it kind of, we, we, we naturally tend to feel like we have to do something. And the same is true for the person you're negotiating with. So if you just let there be awkwardness and you don't budge first, they're going to say something. Right? Agreed. And if it's that, and sometimes it's that number, right? They don't want to give you that first number. Just don't say anything back. No, I agree. It's no. so awkward, but it no, works. But that's the thing. And I know if you're an introvert, this is really hard for you. But I would say out of all the negotiation tips we gave you, right, would you agree? Awkwardness is probably the best one. Yeah, awkward. I mean, I mean, everybody knows the whole like put it down, pretend like you don't want it, play hard to get type of a thing. But, but just like silence and don't say anything. Like, I want to try that next time I'm negotiating for like a car sale. Like, instead of like haggling back and forth, is just sit there silently oh, and yeah. let no, it get really awkward. You just leave. But anyways, that's for another discussion. Yeah, yeah. No, but I uh, so awkwardness. Okay, so hey, <laughs> so hopefully that was. I, I like I like ending on that note yeah. because you know there's a lot of info. Hey, watch out for our videos because those videos will be more exact, more direct. Some things we didn't talk about because you know there's only so much time. We're gonna definitely share and again, you know, be looking forward to those videos. Thanks you guys for listening. As always, make sure you're being real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.